starting a small business, paying your workers, and sorry boys, can't make training tonight. Hello and welcome to the Batuta Advocates Daily News Bulletin. My name is Errol Parker, it's the 3rd of July and sitting across the budgie smuggler booth from me to help you bring all of the biggest stories in another day of news is no one. I'm here alone today. Clancy's in Brisbane recording a very special Monday morning podcast and Wendell broke his scapula at footy training last night. Yeah, let's get into it. First story today is about starting a small business and how it's the best way to bring yourself out of your class-imposed poverty. The headline was a grab from the article, which was, if workers want a livable wage, they should just start their own business like my dad did. This story from our morning edition was centred around a second-generation property developer named Lawrence Coburn, who explained that his workers had taught him a valuable lesson about working, in that you can work hard your entire life and leave this planet with pretty much nothing. Or you could work smarter, like him, and have everything you've always dreamed of. And the quickest way to achieve wealth and status that's higher than the class you were born into is to simply start your own business. Well, that's very interesting, Lawrence. Good to know. Well, as long as his workers don't start an online business like a regional newspaper, they should be deciding which colour Porsche they're going to be driving very soon. Moving on to our next story, which is about another local small business lashing out at those currently on the increased JobKeeper allowance. Tons upon tons of David Pearson's oranges are going to rot this year because he can't seem to attract workers to work on his farm. The headline was, Business that can't find workers because of JobKeeper could probably just pay their workers better. This comes after Prime Minister Scott Morrison claimed earlier this week that folks on the currently generous employment benefits are shunning paid work because of how much they're getting. But when our reporters dug a little bit deeper into Mr Pearson's business... He explained that he was only able to pay his workers the industry standard $500 a week. He said that fruit pickers in the Simpson Desert have been paid that amount since forever and that workers don't have the kind of overheads and expenses that he has, some of which include car payments on two Jaguar SUVs that he and his wife drive, two of his children currently drive vehicles registered to the Orange Company, which, of course, he needs to pay for, He also pays for the fuel that goes into those vehicles via a fuel card. There's also a mortgage on a Lake Batuta beach house, as well as the capital gains tax he has to pay on the shares his mate tipped him off about during a round of golf last year. And then there's the monthly minimum spend he has to maintain in order to keep his American Express Centurion card. But all of that compiles in comparison to the private school fees he has to cover for his grandchildren as his own children decided sitting on the couch and waiting for daddy to die is an easier job than having a real job. These are all expenses that David's workers don't have to worry about. And if they're lucky enough, they'll never have to. And finally, before the quote of the day, an article about footy returning to the channel country and the resumption of one man's battle against his own willpower. This article from our afternoon edition of the paper, Local Man Enjoys Making Up Bullshit Excuses As To Why He Won't Be A Training, followed the story of Bradley Thomas and his quest to practice just once a week and play 15 minutes on Saturday. The third grade Batuta Dolphin Stalwalt said he's come up with his best excuse yet about why he couldn't make it to training. He told his coach he had to pick up a puppy from way out of town for his girlfriend's birthday and the only time he could go and get it was unfortunately when training was on. Well, if you ask me, as captain coach of the 5th grade Batuta Mataburrasaurus' rugby union team, I'd say that was a pretty weak excuse. Depending on what type of dog it was, if it was some bug-eyed mongrel thing like a pug that shouldn't really be alive in the first place, 
I'd have Bradley running suicides until he started crying at the next training session. But if it was something tasteful, you know, like a rescue greyhound or something that didn't cost as much as a good BA Falcon, I'd probably allow it. Which brings us on to the quote of the day, which is from Anthony McClarty, one of the native title holders of Jubilee Downs, which is a cattle station up the Kimberley. The pastoral lease for Jubilee Downs is currently on the market, and Mr McClarty had this to say today. We have plans for this land, but we can't compete with the billionaires who can pay way more than the working value of these properties. Now is the time when we need the government to step in and help us. Well, we here at The Advocate are with Anthony McClarty on this. It'd be a shame to see this land fall into the hands of someone like Gina Reinhart or Kerry Stokes or even some foreign investment fund. If only WA Premier Mark McGowan was as good as protecting the cultural heritage of his state as he is at making sound bites for the 6 o'clock news. We live in hope. Mark, we live in hope. And that's the bulletin. Hopefully I won't be doing it again alone on Monday. And until then, my name is Errol Parker. Wash your hands and keep those lines tight.